Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I'm joined by one member of my firefighting family, and we're sleepy. Hey there. <laughs> we got Scott. Uh, so, Todd is away on holidays this week, um, so it's just going to be the two of us here, uh, and before we get things kicked off, we have some news coming out of California. Um, looks like they have a, uh, uh, a pretty rapid spreading wildfire going on. Scott? Uh, yeah, like uh, obviously wildfire. I don't think they have a not wildfire season. Yeah, they're they're thing. pretty steady. Yeah. Um, quote from the news is everybody's got to go. <laughs> that's what the quote was. So that's <laughs> not good. Um, it's called the Oak Fire. Currently, it's um, fourteen thousand acres, which is seven thousand hectares. Yeah, six or seven thousand hectares. Yeah. Um, so uh, not not soup, not the biggest. We've seen or heard of. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest we've heard of was what a half a million hectares from, <laughs> from yeah, Australia. From Australia, yeah. Um, but definitely, it, it started just on Friday. Um, so, from the time of this um, recording, what's that? It's two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think, three thousand people are evacuated. They have uh, four hundred fire. Um, sorry, uh, eleven fire crews with more than four hundred personnel. As well as forty-five fire engines. I'm not sure what they're constituting as engines. If it's if it's like engines, apparatus, like what we yeah. would call an engine, or yeah. if it's just fire apparatus, meaning like yeah. pickup trucks and such. And four helicopters have been assigned to this fight this fire, according to Cal Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mention anything about uh, water bombers or air tankers, whatever they call them. I think we call them air tankers, and they call them water bombers. Yeah, I always get confused. <laughs> um, but anyways, big fire. Uh, California, like always, is is burning its own eyes in extreme heat. We have just this week started on our kind of extreme heat. Tipping into our extreme, yeah. Not as extreme as last year's time. Um, last year was probably about three weeks earlier was our extreme heat. Yeah. Three or four weeks earlier. So we're just getting into our extreme heat. Um, we had a lightning, or sorry, a thunderstorm roll through here over the last two days. Yeah. Um, there's 20 new fire starts in our area, but they're all, so far, they're, they're, I wouldn't say spot fires, but they're, mm-hmm. there's only one major fire of note, and that's the one. That's right. Um, the yeah, other we talked about that last week there. Yeah, I think looking at the fire map, there's only four other ones that are currently marked as out of control. Mm-hmm. Out, out of control doesn't mean like major flame spread or anything. It just means it's they don't have a handle on it just yet. So there's mm-hmm. one, two, uh, three, four, five, nine out of control fires right now. Right. And a bunch of new fires that just started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like from what I was reading, a lot of those new ones are high elevation, uh, with not a lot in terms of uh, um, like you know structures or anything that could be threatened by it. It's kind of crazy. One area has like seven fires in, in the same mount on the same mountaintop, right? <laughs> like in the same mountain range. Hmm. So all seven of those are our classes out of are out of control uh, where they may not even have anybody on them yet. Yeah. It's actually just uh, just north of where we were hunting last year. Or was a couple it? years ago. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Our moose is on fire. Moose. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Maybe go back up there and have a quick uh, peek again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so we're going to chat about uh, some training tonight. Um, the past couple weeks, uh, we've been working on AutoX, which we've touched base on before. And Scott, you've had a crew uh, in one of our burn buildings, uh, being our extreme heat. Uh, did you guys have uh, fires flash yeah. flashed up in there? Yeah, zero fires. <laughs> zero um, fires. It, but what we do uh, in the summer, we do something called, I used to just call it the kill house, the, 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 whole, the, the fire hose kill house or something. Yeah. Um, but actually, in the last few years, um, I've been noticing more videos popping up, and they actually have a term for it now. It's called water mapping. Yeah. <laughs> so I, maybe that's been around forever. I just didn't know. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of the fire academies and UL and stuff are making these these houses out of um, like poly, I guess, like clear poly or. Oh yeah, yeah. Some are glass, but I think it's mostly at poly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually see the water mapping on the outside, like when you're on the outside, you can actually watch. Uh, sure. Firefighter using the using the hose, 
So you can see what different uh, nozzle patterns do, what different host streams do. So I kind of took that concept, and we've been doing this for a number of years. We usually do it right around now when it's super hot, but we still want to get some hose movement in. Yeah. Um, so we we did that, and I made sure the guys are concentrating on on that water mapping side of things because um, it was something that we talked about. We we weren't really we weren't calling it water mapping. We were just looking at uh, observing the patterns on the on the walls and stuff. Um, so the practice started. It wasn't just it wasn't just hose movement. It was we'd start at um, we had the, we had two engines with us, and basically I partnered everybody up into, into pairs, which is what partners are. <laughs> For those that don't know, <laughs> um, and then uh, essentially we had the one apparatus with the one engine parked, kind of in between the hydrant and the um, and the burn building, right, and the. It wasn't a scenario. The exercise was um, so that truck was the, the apparatus that was going to be pumping. So it was like the first two. Yeah. So the stage, the the areas were um, were the engine that was pumping, the um, two and a half inch line, the interior attack line, and then the guys hitting the hydrant. Right. And we typically. When we hit the hydrant, it's either the like in real life we do whatever we need to. Mm -hmm. um, normally for us, we the second do engine usually gets the hydrant yeah. in, in real time. Um, when we train, sometimes we'll do the first do engine gets the hydrant just because we usually have, we'll sometimes we'll just bring one engine with us. Yeah, so they'll do the hydrant, um, but it's it's good it's a good rep for the guys. Um, on this one, my thought was we don't normally practice a reverse lay into the hydrant. Sure. So that's what we did uh, this time. So we had the engine, uh, the pumping engine park, and then the um, the, the supply line engine uh, would drive up, and you know, there's a couple key points to to the uh, reverse light. Number one is I think the main one is uh, when you when you take your hose off, take your supply hose off, you place it under the rear or under the under the wheel that's farthest away from the hydrant. Yeah. Because when you do that, now the hydrant, now the truck pulls ahead and it can carry onto the hydrant and now when when the guys take the the um, hose out from under the under the tire they now have room to work and attach it to the truck if you don't do that if you put it under the front uh, tire now you, now you have to pull like 10 or 15 feet of hose up to try to make it. make that extra four four feet of hose yeah yeah and now we like we said before we still run two and a half mm -hmm. um, we haven't got into this the larger diameter supply line right for, I mean, for a number of reasons, it's, it's we have to convert all our trucks over. We've never had a problem where we're like, we are out of water. Yeah. Um, all the fires we fought, we either, if we start like seeing there's a water issue, we'll just attach another two and a half inch. On. Yeah. But for the most part, because we're not like just blasting water constantly for sure. six, seven hours, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we're, you know, there's a lot of times you're, you're, it's on, off, on, off. Yeah. So you're always kind of recharging that water if you're hooked to a hydrant. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've never the pros versus cons of it. Uh, you know, the the amount of extra water you can get is awesome, but the we've talked about this before. The the weight of the large diameter hose once it's charged, it's yes. it's basically immovable. You, like where, where that's where it sits. Um, yeah, for sure. With the two and a half, we can kind of boot it over the side. We can pick it up, move it around. Mm -hmm. It's not that really that heavy. Um, but as soon as you start getting those four inch hoses and stuff, it's like yeah. Like we had some experience down in the Cius. Yeah. Um, where it was laid sending on the highway yeah um but the highway wasn't closed down uh there was there was still traffic moving it was controlled but they were still moving right um and like we just had to move it inches we're like oh yeah. this is bullshit <laughs> yeah it was heavy yeah and but i got it done but yeah you know and it, and it was no fault well i guess it was kind of the person's fault that charged it but um you know sometimes you don't maybe you didn't look at it exactly where it was laying when you charge it next right. time it's charged you're like well shit it just it just popped itself out on the highway yeah but the person that charged it was by themselves, so it's like, okay, so they can't move it. Yeah, this is where it yeah. lies, yeah. So, I don't know, I, I, you know, every time I start thinking about large diameter hose, I'm like, do we need it? Why would we need it? Mm -hmm. um, th this way, if we blow a, you know, if, if off our two and a half, we blow a line, well, we don't have to go digging for an extra line in the, in the cabinet to try to find a, a donut roll. We can literally pull an extra line off the hose bed yeah. if we need it to. Mm -hmm. Or if we really want to extend the two and a half for a long distance for whatever reason, we can pull some line off our hose bed. Yeah. So it's that hose makes it like it's more of an interchangeable hose. Then it's not, it is, yeah. It's not like this hose is only for this. This hose is only for that. Mm -hmm. Like 
fits fits a lot of uses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think like looking kind of bigger picture, I think for us in the rural, um, a in town we have a lot of uh, hydrant like our hydrant coverage is actually really well in the town core. Uh, once you get out, out outside of town, now we're going all off tender ops anyway. Yeah. Um, so so that so doesn't even matter, right? Because <laughs> um, you're all going water conservation. Yeah, and we got the hard suction out of uh, bladders. Yeah, I can see maybe in like like larger cities or like you know look, some uh, larger areas where you're running some high rise or whatever. Like you you want that uh, volume coming at you. Well, then when your truck's only has 200 gallons of water on it, mm-hmm. like you need that large amount of flow right away whereas with us we have a thousand gallons sitting on our truck so yeah i find the guys like we've we've got some really dialed in pump pump operators as well so like unless it's a massive structure fire where like everybody's working and flowing water um i mean even on big big structure fires like there's a lot of time where the operator can be refilling that uh, thousand gallons uh, yep. So you still have that uh, reserve. Like a good operator will leave as much water in the tank as possible yep. and, and just run off a of hydrant pressure. So if they ever do start to start to run shy, they still have that reserve. Um, so playing the game there. Um, yeah. You know, again, like Scott said, we've, we've t- touched wood here. We've never really sat at a time uh, where it was a um, an, an aggressive attack where we have a chance of saving it, where we've had an issue with water yep. supply. Yeah, the only the only time I think we were run even near running out of water was when the high school was on fire. That's right. And the only reason we ran out of water, it wasn't because the truck was running out of water. It was actually because the reservoir was running out of water. Yeah. Because there was so much uh, water being used on the reservoir, like we were shutting down pumps in town, trying to divert water back to the hydrants. Um, mm-hmm. Like the town was doing all sorts of stuff. Um, so that and that's a whole other matter. Like. A force banner supply line is not going to help us in that. It's actually going to probably make it worse because it's going to be faster. Yes, so, to move that water yeah. in and out faster. But yeah, so I don't know. I, uh, I guess I digressed a little bit, but that was really like uh-huh. I, I haven't seen any real benefit. Like I, I get the benefit, but I don't yeah. see the uh, transitioning all of our stuff over. And you know, we now have some storage connectors for yeah. our um, for our neighbors. So when we go help them, we do have some connectors for their larger diameter lines. But yeah. But so, yeah, yeah, we can still tie into their equipment, um, but we can also run our own. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, back to the, um, I guess the hydrant, uh, hydrant hit. Actually, I realized um, one thing when we were talking when we were training it was, it's probably one of the more efficient uses of of manpower is mm. a is a reverse lift. Sure. Because we were having a chat like, wait a minute, uh, once once it once you drive away, like you only need. The driver, right? Because typically, when you know when you do a forward lay, the driver drives up with the engine. Sorry, the second new engine. They drive up, they drop on their line. Well, now they have to beetle off and go find a parking spot for this for this engine. If they're not, if it's not getting used, typically it's probably not going to get used mm-hmm. um, unless it's a ma- massive fire. And then they probably wouldn't even be giving us a supply line. They would be finding their own supply Tank line. Or we would be yeah. finding, and, and the first engine would be finding a supply line. But a lot of times, normally, you know, the second new engine is going to drive in. Um, pull up. It's got one. It's left one person at the at the hydrant. Mm-hmm. The driver's dri- driven up now, so now we're down one guy. Um, so the driver's sitting there. They dump off their manpower. Um, they start doing their the, the deal with the hose, um, setting it up for the for the truck. We start advancing manpower towards the fire. The driver has to now find a position to park the truck to go find it, so it's not in the way, but still close enough for manpower. Yeah, or so, uh, for equipment. Yeah. Um, Versus the, the reverse lay, well, you drop everybody off, officer can get off, everybody can get off, mm-hmm. the driver stays on, he deploys the, the line out to the to the hydrant, and now he works the hydrant. Yeah, he's got everything he needs there. He's got everything he needs there, he's got a truck. Yeah, yeah. And the truck's out of the way from, mm-hmm. the, from the rest of the apparatus coming in. So yeah. The truck's gone. Um, he does his deal, um, charges the line, and now he has, because he's not at the scene, I mean, Unless a hydrant's right close to the scene, then sure. probably wouldn't be much of a lay anyways. And you can like hand pull it to the, the hydrant. Yeah. But if you're driving a distance off, well, you, now you're out of the scene. So now you actually cl- um, unclutter the scene and you have more opportunity to turn around easier. That's right. And park mm-hmm. where you need to, to get back into, into action. Sure. And meanwhile, everybody else is now in play. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, um, it's actually almost more of an effective lay than the forward lay. Yeah. And 
a lot of our areas, like like we we don't have a ton of like dead end no through roads around here. That there are some, yeah. but a lot of them there's ways in and out, like where where you can come from either side of the of you know whatever the incident was, yeah. um, and you can probably make make a, a pretty effective way. Yeah. No, I don't know if we'd be on. I don't say we'd be not that on the ball to realize. Oh, let's send the engine down the other way so it can mm-hmm. be a reverse lane. I, you know, and I don't want to force guys to stick to thinking that way. They, no, for sure. Know, they're just gonna do a forward lay, reverse lay. But definitely, mm-hmm. out of all the lays, I'm probably thinking the reverse lay is probably one of the most uh, manpower effective. Yes. So, anyways, that was uh, one thing they did. So the they did the they did the hydrant they hit the hydrant. Um, so that was a that was a partner job. So um, I, I'm not sure because I wasn't running that that half of the scenario or that half of the exercise. But I believe um, the driver and and the officer right. stayed and did the hydrant work just for an extra rep. Like mm-hmm. they did some reps on the hydrant. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all training reps, right? Meanwhile, back at the truck, the um, two people running the engine, they hooked up the, the supply line and they got the pumps running. Sure. Um, while, they, that, while that was happening, the, another crew, so the other partners, so I mean, pump running, I guess we can talk about that. The guys running the pump, um, the only thing they have to be cognizant of is, of course, they have to watch water supply. So, yeah. um, because what I told them, as soon as they're ready, I want them to turn on the two and a half. Yeah. So the two and a half's charged up. Um, so one thing we wanted them to understand, like we really want, and everybody start remember now, because I, I quizzed them at pressure. the beginning. Said, "What's the pressure on a on a two and a half with this particular tip?" And everybody was like, "Some people were actually a little low. Um, some people were like in the fifty range." I'm like, right. <laughs> I said, "Well, yeah, I think you're looking. I think you're thinking of how much at the tip we want, like 55, yeah. 60 um, on this particular nozzle. That was for a good volume of water." Yeah. But we want to run it at about 80, 90, mm-hmm. um, factoring in appliances, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. So we run it, you know, about 80, mm-hmm. um, which is, and once they run it at 80, it's so smooth to run. Sure. Easily one guy can run it yeah. uh, without getting too fatigued. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when they transition over to the um, combination nozzle, inch and a half combination nozzle, now they have to up the pressure. So now they have to be on the ball to up the pressure. Mm-hmm. And then they also have to know where the cutoff is. If they, if the hydrant guys weren't ready yet, if they say if they didn't get the supply line in, they have to know at exactly half a tank or half tank ish, they kill the two and a half. Yeah. So they shut the two and a half down, and that's the guys, the guy in the two and a half. That's their their cue to know that okay, we're at half a tank. We're not running big water anymore. We're running low on water. Yeah. It's time to transition over the engine half. Mm-hmm. So the guys did that. They did that great, and then uh, so that's that's. Got basically two teams out of the way. Like I said, the third team, they're gonna they pulled the uh, two and a half off the off the off the rear. They ran it out, and one we were doing one person. Um, I know they were a partner, but for the most part, we had one person running the um, line. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple guys they went a little old school and they just kind of held the line for the guys. Uh, you know, it's kind of a throwback to the older days when we had like there was like three guys holding the two and a half. <laughs> sure, uh, which is fine if you got the manpower. Yeah, use the other guy to make it easy yeah. for the guy. So they used a snagger tool, some of them, to see how, how they liked it. It was obviously much easier. Yeah. Um, some guys used a rescue strap, the old rescue strap method. Mm-hmm. Um, and some guys uh, did the Jimi Hendrix. Right. Uh, the only caveat I told them, they, they weren't allowed to use the um, coil. The coil. Right. Because the coil is very defensive. Yes. Um, again, one of the guys is like, well, I like using the coil. I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, it's, it's really it's really good when there's a big fire. We get to, you know, I said, yeah, but this is a this is an offensive attack. <laughs> so everything was offensive. It wasn't this wasn't defense mode. This is we we pulled up fires pushing through the big fires pushing through the seat the roof. Yeah, or hit it hard with the hard from the yard with the two and a half until it it's knocked down. Yeah, he's like okay. So then from there once they once they uh, we we got both of them to spray you know about a minute and then switch over to the other partner and make sure they both can handle the two and a half. Mm-hmm. Then they transition. So our current uh, nozzle, the two and a half, you can unscrew the tip and screw on the inch and a half tip, mm-hmm. or inch and a half hose. Yeah. So, and then we, we do that through a Cleveland roll, we boost the line, and then now they have an attack line. Right. Um, typically on our major fire, it would be probably the two and a half would be going and a- um, Secondary. Yeah, secondary um, minute man, inch and a half would be also going. Mm-hmm. But for this scenario, it was just, Two and a half, and they broke it down to the to an inch and a half, and that's when the uh, once it broken down, that's when the other team took over. So now they have the, the other two man team. Right. 
and this is kind of where the the main part of the drill was was in the hose movement. The rest is all good stuff, mm-hmm. um, fairly easy, but good good for reps. Yeah. yeah, but this is really like kind of the point, the crux of the yeah. of the scenario. So um, now it was oh, and then also the sorry the two and a half guys since they didn't have any work to do anymore, they were allowed to, now they were actually door control and bump up. So they would oh, come to the door. Well. So now the guys pushed in and basically what it was, was um, I would call the fire um, and then they would react to it accordingly. And it wasn't a fasting. It wasn't, it wasn't like back in the day when we first did the kill house, it was like, I had like- Fire high. Yeah, yeah, fire high, fire long. And then like, you know, fasting go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't this, that was, this was more, hey, let's actually, observe what the water's doing because there's no smoke in the middle, there's no fire and it's light out. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't a mass, they just had their helmets on and their yeah. charger. Um, so it was actually their chance to observe what was going on. What that water does. Yeah. So took some time at the door, make sure they did proper door checks for heat, um, open the door slow, called fire, no fire, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, every once in a while, oh yeah, there's fire. When they open the door, there's fire. So what do you do? Get your hoses on a... Um, your nozzle, your nozzle pattern, patterns on a um, fog pattern. Mm-hmm. So, so the guy at the door would get a little wet, yeah. which he's fine with because it's Absolutely. Again, super hot <laughs> out. Then they would push in, do some more work. Um, we did a, we kind of have like, we're when one of our burn buildings, uh, it's a Seagan, so it's a 40 foot long kind of push. Mm-hmm. So I got him to do about 20 foot. Um, so what they did, I got him to do uh, basically that painting of the wall, ceiling wall. Yeah. Did that a few times, just stationary, mm-hmm. just so they could observe that water mapping. Seeing what what's happening. Oh, sorry. Before we actually went in, I got them to actually do a uh, kind of a ricochet shot off the um, door frame. Okay. So it's kind of a newer thing. I was watching like guys are doing that have a, it's more of a smoothbore job, but it also works with the combi nozzle because if you're going down the hallway, if you're pushing down the hallway and you see a glow from a bedroom, mm-hmm. and you don't have the angle yet to actually push in and right and hit the bedroom, or maybe fires even coming out of the bedroom, you actually if you can get an angle on the door frame. And you hit the door frame on edge. Yeah, it actually ricochets and it and it basically makes a, a fog pattern. Like a fog, like it hits the door frame, makes a fog pattern. Yeah, I got you. So half the fog goes in the room, and the other half goes in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So it actually is actually pretty effective at fighting the fire. So I showed right. we we did a little bit of that, just how to use a door frame at for your advantage. So I get them to hit it on a straight stream, and right. watch what would happen. Hmm. Um, so then we did wall ceiling wall, uh, and then I got them to actually move while spraying. So there was a couple different methods for that. Some guys yeah. tried the duck walk. Uh, duck walk super hard to do in, in turnout gear. Um, right. Some of these guys make it look easy, but uh, duck walk's basically like one knee up, one knee down, and you're kind of like well, basically walking like a duck. <laughs> um, it's it, yeah, it's it's all right. Um, the other was kind of like a, just a like a high crawl, mm-hmm. and then some guys did the slide, right. the clap slide, clap. So the clap slide's good, but it's uh, as you're sliding, you kind of the the, you the spray kind of goes above you. Yeah. yeah, you lose a little bit of control. And then I said, you know, if you can't get it. Like, this is not like, like you could literally spray, uh, turn it off, go a foot, spray, turn sure. it off, go a foot. Not the most effective way, but mm-hmm. it will work. Yeah. If, if there's actually, and I said, if the fire is really coming down the hallway that hard on you and, it, and you cannot stop it by holding for a minute, it's probably not the fire to go into. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not a defensible fire <laughs> or not, not, a, not, not an attackable fire. Yeah. So um, they pushed in the hallway a bit. And then we got to one of our windows. So then it was hydraulic ventilation at the window. So I just called, hey, hydraulically vent that room or that window. So they did. Um, while they did that, I also got made sure. I said, uh, okay, now I want the partner. Partner had to have the thermal camera. Mm-hmm. Partner comes up, does the gun sight over the shoulder, um, aiming at the window. So now the, and I and then I said, hey, I want you to just use the, the thermal camera as your visual. So yeah. um, they had to look through the thermal camera and adjust their, their stream right. um, based on that. Then we did another couple doors, um, some um, bedroom work where the doors are, where it's kind of like close quarters. So yeah. now they have to figure out where they're going to station themselves um, on an angle. Yeah. Um, they hit a they hit a pinch point, so I made sure the hose got into a pinch point. Mm-hmm. So then they have to call the bump up. So everybody down the chain yells bump up and goes outside. And normally what we train is the door control person. He shouldn't be one of the bump ups because. Right. Um, he knows who's inside, how far inside they are, um, and what kind of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So he shouldn't be the one coming in to do the bump up because basically you've lost all that information that you've just gained. Yeah, there's no way in real time that you can relay that. To a guy. All right, hey, I'm I'm going to go in, come and run the door. Okay, we got 
a length and a half, two and a half lengths in. I got three guys in working. I got one officer in, blah, 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 blah. No, like, definitely keeping that knowledge there is key. Yeah, so, you know, and and for this drill, I didn't really care who came out as long as someone came to do the bump up. So, Mm. um, you know, sometimes the guy, the door control guy would come. Sometimes they'd grab one of the other guys from outside. So they'd go past, they'd get into the pinch point and just feed hose. Mm. Um, And then... They would feed hose, but then I'd be like, okay, this area is clear. Now back out. And then, so now they have to feed hose back. Yeah. Coming out, and everybody calls coming out, and then they got to push back up the stairs. And then um, we talked a little bit about stairs. We dealt with, we have a landing, and yeah. we basically have an open um, area up top, kind of like a split level. Mm-hmm. So we discussed split level, um, actually a split level, like how you can just ricochet yeah. off the ceiling. Yeah. If you see a fire goal, you can use using the ceiling as your ricochet point now, ricochet it down, get large droplets of water out of the fire, yeah. rather than just walking um, going upstairs into the thermal area, you can use it as a as kind of a ricochet shot. That's right. Um, and then uh, from there, they did uh, hydraulically vent at the last window, which is on the top floor. Mm-hmm. And then that was the end of the exercise. So then I just called them out, and then everybody had to call come out, and then they went out. Right. Um, so that was basically all the stages, and then we just would just rotate. A couple things, a couple points. If you're going to try the um, kill host thing. Um, it's 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 a really good method. Um, you can use. I know a lot of people just use pallets. They make pallet mazes. Mm-hmm. Um, we can actually probably even use our our event fence. Sure, we can. That we have. Yeah. Um, I mean, we also have a bird building. So yeah. If you if you have a sea can, it's great because it's it, you can get that water mapping in. The challenge I would have with uh, pallets or even the fencing, there's no ability to map. What it does, there's when nothing. It's striking, yeah, it yeah. doesn't hit anything solid. So if you, bird building's best. Um, one thing we did notice uh, one of our senior guys noticed um, was that there was a, and I was kind of fixated on their hose handling not necessarily on their nozzle shutoffs right and he was noticed that there actually there was a lot of water hammer going on so sure. we try to resolve that um, just by a little slower opening slower closure mm-hmm. um, it, because this drill is kind of notorious for that because there's so much opening and closing so much flowing and opening and moving and yeah. that guys guys start getting like carried away and they're oh yeah. So the, you can see the, the lines jumping and skipping. So we're like, oh, everybody slow down a little bit. Like, yeah. Watch for the water hammer. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think everything did pretty good. Everybody got a bunch of reps in. Uh, did a big rotation. So everybody got at least, you know, we I think we did like like 10 different skills. Yeah. So it was a good practice overall. Um, pretty simple. Nothing uh, really complicated. Nothing really fancy about it. Just... Like meat and potatoes kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say it's kind of your bread and butter uh, movements mm-hmm. on on any structure fire, mm-hmm. um, getting everybody working, um, kind of everything that you would see if you're going to be making an interior push. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough in the summertime. Um, like we are coming up into our extreme heat heat danger. Yeah. Uh, like at my work, we just had a meeting on you know how to mitigate some of. Uh, the heat, uh, and like we're Inside. in shorts, shorts and t-shirt with <laughs> yeah. like a fraction of our staff goes outside, right? Yeah. So um, when when we're looking at that, then you come over here and you throw on turnout gear and and helmets and you know our belt yeah. clavas and stuff. Um, the last thing you want to do is kill our guys, like not okay. actually not actually kill them, <laughs> but I mean you you could have some pretty bad heat exhaustion just in training. Yeah. Uh, however, you don't want to not train. Like there's guys that will right. take take the summer off of training. Um, and not our guys. And not our guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like there's places out there that I've, yeah. I've read. They're like, yeah, we're we shut it down July August because it's so damn hot. One like, of wow. the one of the union crews we were talking to, mm-hmm. they were shutting down. They shut down July August because it's too hot. Because right. it's so damn hot. Because the union said, no, 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 it's too hot. And then in the winter they get shut down because it's too cold. Right. I was like, what? I need to mitigate that cold with a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You mitigate that by not being a baby. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say another B word, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we have the explicit lyric. Um, I think it's really, really important to, to still get out there and work in this in this weather. I mean, we're we're definitely lucky that our, our training is in the evening, so we're not in direct light, yeah. I mean, or not in direct sun. So uh, it's already starting to cool off a bit. And, yeah. Uh, we're really big on making sure the guys stay hydrated. Um, you know, we definitely supply time to uh, cool off between reps and stuff. Yeah. Well, um, and that hose movement stuff is great because you're spraying inside of a building mm-hmm. and you're spraying a lot of water. You're inevitably getting wet. Um, and, I, and actually, one thing that the guys were realizing 
um, they were really able to see the effectiveness of the hydraulic ventilation. Right. Because normally when we're doing it in the burn building, we can see the effectiveness because we can feel the heat change or we can be outside and watch the um, smoking hot gases come out. Yeah. But in this scenario, because no, no one had SCBAs on or anything and no one had bellic bobbins on, it was just bare skin on their face. Yeah. Um, they actually could feel the cool air going by them. Sure. From that, from the hydraulics. So they're like, wow, this is actually really awesome. I can yeah. feel the cool air rushing past my face as it's going out. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, just on that note, they, they got some an extra little uh, training. Uh, right. Training from that, just feeling it. Yeah, just sort of, yeah. you know, whatever the word is for that. It's, uh, <sighs> the brain isn't working tonight. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they, they can, like, feel it. They can realize it. Right. There's words that. Words I, dev- I definitely could use better there, but yep, they figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, training in the summertime is great. Um, definitely, we aren't able to to do all all the things that we like to do, but uh, I mean, a training night like like that still still definitely hits on a lot of the skills, um, all the major skills that we'd be calling on uh, for any structure fire, like I was saying prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not enough that it's going to bag our guys to the point where it's it's not safe, right? Yeah. So it gets them comfortable working in that kind of environment without the extra heat of a fire. Well, in our new building we're building, it's, mm-hmm. it's mostly a search slash smokehouse building. So sure. it's not going to be a live fire building. So no. a lot of that work will be done in that new building. That's right. basically like what we did. Yep. Um, just good, solid hose movement. And like it's good having a burn building that you can spark up and roast. Sure. Um, but you don't get the full, like you don't get to watch what your water is doing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately you also don't flow a lot of water because it's a, um, it's a, um, pallet fire. That's so right. yeah. you hit the pallet fire with a little bit of water. It's out. Yeah. So we typically just, you know, we do, we do like you know, penciling. Yeah. But penciling doesn't really work in a real fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it works a little bit, but it, it's for a very specific reason. Um, but to put it a real fire, you need lots of water. Yeah. So copious amounts of water in the fire. Um, it's interesting. Some of the some of the guys are still um, still in that frame of mind where you're steaming somebody, right? Um, so like, well, we could steam, we could injure the person by steaming them. And, and Jay actually had a good point. He goes, "Now you stop steam, you put more water in there, yeah, <laughs> because eventually the water, the the cooling effectiveness of the water will overpower the steam, yeah. Um, so yes, keep putting more water in, <laughs> and it will, uh, and, and then in a hydraulic event, yeah, I think." Like we've seen in some of our other training sessions, uh, when guys accidentally do a fog pattern when they shouldn't or whatever, and you do get that steam. I mean, yeah, it sucks because you just introduced all that moisture. Um, it's against everything that you would want to do in that environment for, uh, uh, you know, patient safety. Um, so it's really good to see that. Um, and we preach why that's not a great idea. Yeah. However, you know, like the polar opposite of that is if you don't apply any water, I mean, fire sucks for patients too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Especially modern fires. Like, you know, if you don't put enough water in there, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, you're not, you're not going to steam them, but you're going you're to burn them. Or mm-hmm. they're going to get overwhelmed by uh, toxic fumes, toxic yeah. gases. Gases. And over interheated yeah. gases. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and sometimes in the burn building, I'll purposely over steam us. Like mm-hmm. I'll I'll see how much steam we, we it actually makes. And I know it's a burn building; it's not a real fire. I mean, it's a real fire, but it's not. Yeah, it's not a high BTU fire. Mm-hmm. But I actually will literally like just blast this blast in there with the fog pattern. Usually, when I'm by myself, yeah. I'll blast in there with a the fog pattern to see what happens. And then there's kind of two. Uh, and then at some point, I'm I'm either like, okay, if I turn it off right now, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or I push through it and I'll be fine. Yeah. So if you push through it, the cooling effectiveness of the water still overpowers. It still overpowers it. Yeah. it. Versus if you don't push through it, if you just give it a quick blast, okay, well, yeah, you didn't get thermal uh, thermal air didn't get disturbed, so you didn't get any mm-hmm. steam. Yeah. But the thermal air is still there. Yeah. <laughs> so so you didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Versus if you dump like just dump water on it, uh, overwhelm those BTUs with cooling water. It's, yeah. Gonna go out, and you know, having a, having an event is, is one of the most important things. That's right. So, and we always show that in, in our live fire, our um, cold start. Yeah, 
we do uh, a bunch of penciling. We actually show a little bit of steam, like you said. Mm-hmm. We we steam the thermal air, get it to roll down on top of the on top of the rookie so that you feel it in their gear. Yeah. And then we get we open the the rear of the burn building up, mm-hmm. and we do a full water application. Yeah. And then they get to see how much uh, venting works just from flowing on much water. That's right. Yeah, so that was practice for the last two weeks. Um, yeah. We got a exercise coming up, uh, a field exercise. I'm going to start calling them field exercises, like jock coincidence last nice. night. Yeah. Mainly because every time I try to spell scenario when I'm t- texting, I spell it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exercise I can spell right usually most of the time. <laughs> and, and exercise, that's really what it is because mm-hmm. it's an exercise in yeah. the field. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, something coming up that I'm not planning. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other guys are planning. Yep. Um, based on their skill sets, I think it's either going to be a ropes thing or a water rescue thing. Or possibly a combination, combination of the Probably two. Probably both, yeah. Um, just based on the two guys that came to me and asked me if they could do it, um, yeah. I know their, their Strong what, points what their strongest points yeah. are. Um, so I think it's either going to be ropes or, or water rescue. Yeah. Um, I did give them a little point, some pointers on like, hey, let's not, like, don't make it so un- unsafe or don't make it so extreme. Like, it has to be winnable. And, yeah. And they, I, I think they get it. They get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a really good point to make. Like, we... We always say, like, it's best to fail on, like, in training. Yeah. And we do train to fail a lot of times. Uh, however, when it comes to our field exercises that we provide, um, we definitely make them all winnable. So we'll, we'll throw little hiccups along the way uh, so people have to, you know, think outside of the box maybe or overcome an extra step that they initially weren't thinking of. Uh, but every single thing that's thrown at us out in the field is winnable um because yeah. yeah. that's that's the best way to really build that confidence level up is uh hey we came came across a we put a plan in motion we had some success oh something else happens now we have to shift to b and now we had success with b or maybe maybe it was c once we finally had, yeah. had some success so we had, we had a little bit of debate because they i said you know if if we're going to do like if you know the officers are if they're about to do something super dangerous or mm-hmm. super like unsafe, yeah, you need to be the like they need to be the angel on the shoulder that says, "Hey, yeah. I don't think you should do that." Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, no, that's the officer's job." I said, "Well, no," <laughs> I said, "It yeah. is normally yes, but there's not usually an angel on the shoulder, and sometimes that's when people get hurt. That's Whereas right. if you have an angel on the shoulder and the scenario is set up a specific way, you want that you want it to be you want it guided a little bit. Sure, you. Um, so you need you need someone to guide it with a little bit of angel on the shoulder, like, hey, maybe you should try this. Instead. That's right. Or you know, let them almost get to the point of where they're about to begin. The that's going to fail, and then yeah. be like, hey, maybe you should try this. Or, maybe think about this instead. Yeah. yeah. Or did I mention that this this is like this is uh-huh. also part of the scenario? Oh, yeah. I give them an out. Yeah. Give them yeah. an option. Exactly. Especially when it comes to river stuff, like, like you've gone through and got your training on yeah. the river. Um, I'm actually the only officer that doesn't have the in the in water training. I've taken uh, river rescue for officer, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. But the way that we generally run a river call, um, as an officer, we will you still oversee it. Yeah. Uh, however, you still like you will have your your lead tech. And you'll say, hey, like, like we have to do this. Like, I'm thinking this. You're thinking this. Great. Let's make a plan together. Um, as as long as like like if say somebody like a Matt who is very well versed in river, yeah. if he came up to me and said, this is my plan, I'd be like, hey, like that makes sense to me. I I like that plan. Yeah. You look after the in water side of it. I'll look after the shore side of it, and let's work on that plan. So if you take somebody like a Matt and his other assistant uh, who are putting this scenario on, if you take our two strongest maybe river guys out of it, um, yeah. it's it's going to be a little bit different dynamic. Like th- those are the guys that you really lean on. Yeah. Um, so again, if they can take that step back and be that angel, uh, which we often do when we're in our other trainings, is, hey, did you think about this? Oh, shoot, no, I didn't. And then they'll yeah. you know, make a switch. Yeah. I think it'll go really well still. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that should complete our month. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, and then come, coming up in August, I'm sure we have a couple things. Yeah, I think uh, coming up in August, uh, just because we haven't had much for Wildfire, I think mm-hmm. we'll run through our, um, I think we're running through t- Task Force 2. Yeah. Um, so uh, recently in our department, because we, um, we have, we have many apparatus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have eight. Yeah. Eight. Mm-hmm. Eight or nine. What do we got? Uh, one, two. <laughs> we'll rattle them all. Yeah, I got engine one, engine two. We got tender one, tender two, bush one, bush two. Uh, we got command. We got duty. Um, and rescue. And rescue. And, and then, then we have utilities. some some utility. So, so really, the ones that are the, the ones that are in play, we have nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so rescues rescues are reserved. Yeah, so rescues are reserved truck because on a wildfire because yeah, it's it's got a small pump and mm-hmm. but it's really there for. I mean, it's a rescue truck. It's not yeah. meant for wildfire. We brought it out obviously on our big wildfire. Um, that was the truck I was actually on. Um, it did fine. It did some work. Sure, it, it did a lot of work actually, but it's not ideal to bring out. Um, most of the time. Most of the time, it would not come out. It's not your first out. No. It's not no. your fifth out. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not. <laughs> it's literally your ninth out. <laughs> so, taking that out of play, we actually, um, from taking some engine boss courses and stuff, we, we actually realized, hey, we, we actually have the ability um, to make two task force. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but... Yeah, I'm not um, sure. So, we have the ability to split our um, apparatus in, in half and make two task force, a task force being the um, multiple uh, different apparatus that can do different things. Yeah. So, um, uh, basically, anything that, uh, the way our our trucks are numbered um, it actually works out really good because um, everything has a one or a two at the end at the, right. at the end of it. So, um, so we have like engine engine one, engine two. Um, there, there's uh, sorry, it's one eight one, one eight two, and then uh, tender one eight one, tender one eight two, bush one eight one, bush one eight two. Right. So it's a no brainer for us to go. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna cut these in half and uh, we, now we have task force one task force two everything with two on the end is task force two yeah and it just so works out that task force two is actually kind of more um bush apparatus type yeah. stuff even our engine it has a tighter turning radius um not a, doesn't really have anything else other than a tight turning radius i guess has a Jake break. Oh, it has a Jake break. Yeah. The other engine was older. It doesn't have a Jake break. Yeah. And it's got an AC that works all the time. And it's fully functioning <laughs> air conditioning. So, tender or engine two is actually a better option for for um, for deeper into the wildland. Yeah. Um, and then our command vehicles get separated too. So, our duty yeah. truck would, would is going to end up in the um, in the task force two. The twos. And the command, uh, the chief's car would end up in task force one. Yeah. So, task force one is really made more for the urban, um, mm-hmm. the real interface. Like, there's a definitive line. Yeah. Whereas, task force two to me is more like. It's that um, intermix, yeah, fire where it's more trees and then mm-hmm. there's a house. So more like where we were training. Sure. Um, but I would so I'd like to in August I'd like to do a little bit more work with Task Force Two mm-hmm. um, stuff and have them come out and do some work. I got some ideas of areas we want to action. Okay. Just do a little bit more work, getting the guys used to um, really understanding that when we're defending a structure, the first thing we should be doing after we um, pulled our hose off for the, with the engine mm-hmm. is that tender needs to show up and its main job is to drop a portable tank yeah. with a pump and some lines. Maybe leave a couple guys from one of the bush trucks or leave a guy yeah. from the engine and a guy from the bush trucks You know, with that. So basically it becomes a stationary engine to yeah. defend that house, that structure, mm-hmm. allowing the actual engine to be... To get back in play yeah, as fast as you can. To get back, back in a bump and run mode to be mobile. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll save more homes that way. Um, yeah. and that's we've done that last year, and we're mm-hmm. every time we could, we dropped tanks and dropped pumps, yeah. and we'll, the engine was mobile again. And yeah, and I, I think it worked really well. So sure. um, we just have to really get that drilled in that whenever you can, drop tank, pumps, and uh, and a couple of manpower, and mm-hmm. we're gonna get out of there. Yeah, you know, in something like that, you don't need a lot of guys there. Two can, get, can really get the job done. Yeah. Three is probably almost max, depending on what what you're like yeah. calling upon that team to do. Yeah. Um, it really lets you spread your resources out um, yeah. and cover a lot more ground. Yeah, and, and it's not made for you know the fires, like a, a rank four fires rolling down on top of the guys, and we're like, well, peace. We're gonna leave you two guys <laughs> to fight it off, exactly. and we're gonna go drive down the road to somewhere that's safer with the engine. No, it's mm-hmm. it's made for. 
they, the fires either passed us, mm-hmm. as in your guys' case, yeah, in, in the NK fire. Yeah. Um, you guys are dropping. Yeah, as, yeah. as soon as the fire had kind of rolled past, we were, or as it was happening, we were actively getting that bladder set up. Yeah. Uh, so we could, like, continue to flank yeah. the fire. So the main flame front was gone. So you're mm-hmm. now, I think they refer to it as, as flame front following. So you're mm-hmm. following the flame front with the engine, and you left a tank pump, a couple guys, just to put out hot spots and to make sure nothing was can rekindled on into the structures. Sure. So, you know, it's an effective use. You can also do it the other way where, okay, we think um, almost like um, where you guys were with our, the, the OK Falls guys from the north. Yeah. Um, where you you know what, you believe it's going to come down mm-hmm. somewhere in the night. It's going to come down this hill and it's going to be on top of you. Yeah. Okay, well, let's set up the pumps, um, some portable tanks, get ready. The engine's still there, but it has the ability to bump somewhere else if yeah. needed and leave these two guys behind. And the guys have radios and they can call. So go south right now. Yeah, like, look, you know, looking back on that fire, like, we did great, great work. I think everybody up on that hillside did really awesome work. Uh, but it was very apparatus heavy. Yeah. Uh, they called for everything, which yeah. was great. And that's, I think, why there was such a good save, save ratio there. Mm. Um, like, really heavy fire. And there was only one structure that was lost on those initial moments. Right. Um, but it was very apparatus heavy. Um, yeah. So... And, you know, and, back, yeah, 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 because I, I think if, there was opportunity. Yeah, because because I think looking back is if an ember storm, if a major ember storm were to hit that inner inside of that there your guys' area, mm-hmm. um, you might have had an issue because your apparatus were tied up. Absolutely, yeah, um, one one way out and yeah. everything was hooked up. So I don't think much was there was wasn't a whole lot of tactical patrol going on. With no, the I think there was. Yeah. No, I think there was only one patrol going on with like a small bush truck. Probably. One bush truck, yeah, and, and a pickup truck. Yeah. So, so having those apparatus, there, yeah. having those apparatus available, even if they were available and not necessarily driving around, but yeah. ready to go with a bomb and run tactic setup, mm-hmm. and then maybe the bush truck sees, oh, uh, that roof is on fire. Yeah, uh, we need an engine down here. Engine can whip down there. So, yeah, and still leave the kind of the front lines guarded with mm-hmm. uh, with those pumps and apparatus. That's right. And and, um, and water. Yeah. So, so anyways, that's what uh, that's kind of what August is is looking like right now. And yeah. then obviously have some other stuff we'll be doing. But yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that kind of wraps up uh, what we've been up to the past week. So much faster when Todd's not here yammering on. Yeah, Todd has all the stories. (laughs) (laughs) Todd actually doesn't say that much. No. (laughs) So nice. Yeah, definitely miss having you don't have him here though. Um, Should be back to normal again next week. Yeah. We'll be next week. We'll be releasing a day late uh, as we are rolling into our long weekend again. So we'll probably get ourselves together. How do we record while we're away? Or we got together on Monday night. See yep. how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it'll get released a day, a day late next week. So be aware of that. Uh, yeah, so we'll probably wrap that up there. Um, jump right into our uh, shout-out section, uh, which as always, we lead off with Modus. Uh, so Modus with their Snagger tool, as Scott mentioned, it was coming out in practice there. Um, awesome for hose handling. It's funny, you know, I love and hate diving into the comment section. <laughs> this one guy is like, the snagger tool, like, why would you use it? You have hands. It's like, well, why do we have fire trucks? We have buckets. <laughs> yeah. Like, things can be done easier. Is it something that I grab every time that I grab a hose line? Absolutely not. But there's times when I'm super thankful that I have it uh, because it does make handling that charge line easier so is it an everyday all 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 day thing no but does it work absolutely is it awesome on 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 the two and a half sure we're guys using it to uh break break glass and uh rake out the windows yep so it was coming out in our auto x training it was coming out in your guys's hose handling yeah um well i remember one of the one of the guys we had here recently he goes yeah i don't really like that thing he goes uh when he's hit the weight pile a little bit more, because mm-hmm. because I I don't think he understood the all the concepts of it. Yeah. He only thought it was for carrying hose or moving hose. Right. So it just hit the weight pile a little bit more. I'm like, no. I'm like, there's working hard and working smart. Sure. <laughs> and this is using um, mechanical advantage in your favor. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's this old thing with this thing we used to do in martial arts, where, or we we still do it actually for some of the training we do. Um, we give them we give a, a ten pound or like a five pound weight and we find the we find the smallest person in the class and 
they hold it into their center line, like right at their belly button. Yeah. And they hold it there. Arms tucked in, hold it there. And then we get the biggest dude, big weightlifter dude, and five pound weight, and we get him to hold it out at extension. So now his arms at extension. And we sit there <laughs> and we talk about things and we stand there and chat. And, and within, you know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, the, the, the guy holding the weight out, the big dude, is his arms are shaking because because he's not in his mechanical center. He's using right. he's not yet using his proper body mechanics. Yeah. And he starts failing and then he ends up dropping it. Or or he ends up like it he ends up his arms yeah. lower or whatever. He ends up proving yeah. a point basically is yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> um same thing with the sniper tool. Yeah. Could you manhandle a hose and get in position? Of course. Sure you can. Um would you probably be more would you be more tired at the end? Yes. Yeah. Regardless of how good you are, you mm-hmm. will be more tired. If there's a degree of more tired, you will be more tired. That's right. <laughs> At the end. So yeah. if you have it in your pocket and you own one, mm-hmm. give it a try. Use it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's easy. <laughs> it's way easier. It's that classic yeah. work, work smart, not hard. I mean, everything yeah. we do is hard. So if, you, if there's a, a means to work smarter, yeah. it's no fucking bringer to me. And it works great. So mm-hmm. anyway, it has like 101 uses. Uh, we've found most of them. <laughs> we yeah. think we've added on a couple. So, you know, it's, and back to the hose thing. It's basically you're putting a handle on a hose. You are, which yeah. is like it's a it's a handle that you can move. Um, you know, back to the, what you said, a bucket. Yeah. Well, you, could you carry a bucket with two hands, like mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to, try to carry it around? Yeah, for sure. Or people have put a handle on a bucket, <laughs> makes it a lot easier. Yeah, they say, so go back to the done. wood pile and start picking up bigger pieces of wood. Yeah. They're like, no, <laughs> let's throw this handle on there because yeah. it makes it way easier to carry and pass to the next yeah. guy. Or handles are big. That's why handles are made. Handles yeah. make things easier to carry. <laughs> so use the handle. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, they're doing well for it. So yeah. um, <laughs> we, we like it. Yeah. We got involved with them as a client. We just bought some. And then over the course, um, we built this relationship, and it's awesome. And uh, I mean, we use them because we like it. Mm-hmm. If we thought it was garbage, we wouldn't use it. So um, <clears throat> we love it. Uh, I think if you got your hands on it, you guys would see the benefit as well. Uh, so they got the snagger tool. Uh, they got their force entry wedges. They got their heavy hitter wedges, uh, hose straps for like your high rise packs. Um, we're actually using them on our engines, on our uh, wildland lays. Works out really well. Um, they've got their hydrant tools, mask bags, uh, just a, a, a whack of stuff. So check them out on their social media. Uh, check uh, ours out as well, because we have some video of us using some some of the products. And if you like what you see there, uh, discount code GTFF5 gets you 5% off. Yeah. Uh, Scott, stop the bleed. So the bleed, uh, three methods of uh, bleeding control are uh, direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquet. If you're going to use a tourniquet, use a good tourniquet. There always be scrap tourniquet. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, keep um, them out of the plastic. Yeah, keep them out of the plastic. Um, bleedingcontrol.org or stopthebleed.org, one of those will work. Um, yeah. And that'll that'll get you to, uh, you can become an instructor or you can go find a uh, someone who's teaching it. Course offering close close to you. Yeah, and make the, make the training high fidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beauty. Uh, and then Tanner also banned. Um, uh, Country Music out of West Coast Canada. Um, they were just here uh, doing our 100-year event. Uh, awesome live show. The boys put on an amazing event. Uh, I just saw some live uh, Instagram stuff there out in uh, Edmonton, and they were in Calgary uh, at the Stampede. Uh, sounds like, or it looked like it was a really awesome show. Uh, so check them out on all the streaming platforms as well. Uh, Tanner also banned. Uh, and then lastly, you have us. Um, you can check us out on all of your listening platforms, on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks. Um, give us a like, uh, share, subscribe. Uh, a rating, uh, pre- preferably a good one. <laughs> um, it just gets us out in front of more more people. helps with the al- algorithm. Um, yeah helps us keep doing what we like doing and hopefully you guys like what we're up to here oh one of the things uh we're just talking about some gear um mm-hmm. uh, i would like to put a shout out uh to the uh people at uh, seahawk yeah uh, so seahawks are um we, we've been using them for the last year a bit for our wildland gear yeah um when we first got it we we used to run coveralls and 
Coveralls are coveralls. Yeah. <laughs> they are not comfortable, usually. Some mm-hmm. people love them. I yeah. mean, the, the guys that are mechanics, they, they're used to wearing them. Sure. I think you can get comfortable in anything if you have it on for long enough. Yeah. Um, but we got these, uh, you know, kind of a shot, you know, we kind of shot in the dark here. We we talked to a few different, um, different departments. Um, they... I think you used our deployment as a research tool. <laughs> I did. So when, when we were had downtime, I would uh, walk around and look at other people's gear um, and found these uh, kind of the number one. There was a couple, um, but the number one that you guys were saying, like they were talking about this, this um, Seahawk mm-hmm. and it turned out it was Canadian um, manufacturing Canada. I think it's manufactured through the winter brand. Uh, winter is a company that makes um, other gear mm-hmm. um, like work gear. Um, so their pant is uh, the one we use is a Firehawk fire, Firehawk Firebreak X pant, and it's uh, it's kind of the coolest thing is uh, literally the coolest thing is these <laughs> these these zippers that you unzip and mm. it actually cools your nether region, <laughs> <laughs> and you can zip them back up when you're fighting fire. But you know it's like a it's a saver. <laughs> it oh, yeah. cools you right down, and it's not Nomex, so it's not like uh, it's called Tika Safe, which is still a a fire retardant uh, mm-hmm. material. But it's not kind of scratching Nomex. It's, it feels like you're wearing pajama pants. Yeah. But, but they have like some heft to them. Like they're not, they're cool. Mm. They seem to be durable. Yeah. Um, we've actually been using them for AutoX lately just because it's so hot. We've just been using, yep. um, they're just kind of a little extra barrier. Um, that and the Defender X shirt, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, those combinations. Um, and then again, we, we went with the bright yellow. Um, a lot of guys were like, oh, I want the khaki. I want this because they want to look cool. Yeah. When we're not on at the fire scene, but having the bright yellow now and watching guys work on scenes, it's like I'm glad we went with it, bright yellow. Oh yeah, it was the move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, anyways, uh, check those guys out if you're looking for wildland gear. Uh, Seahawk, absolutely. Uh, they're out of Manitoba, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And just to build build on that, so with going back to our task force uh, two, a lot of what we're doing now. So back in the day, the day <laughs> we would deploy. Because um, you know we, we would always say we don't know what we're responding to. Uh, sure, it's coming in as a grass fire or a brush fire, uh, but what's in that brush? Like all of our interface has like vehicles parked out in the back, yeah. back, back forty or whatever else could be on fire, uh, and showing up in you know our cubbies or whatever else, and you know not not really uh, having a match set across across the board. We would default to say let's respond in our turnout gear and then we can you know doff that and throw on our cubbies if it turns out to be a true wildland um with these guys being a lot more a comfortable b um they they are um the fire uh you know fire uh resistant um unless you're going interior structure fire i mean you can still do exterior water application even if it got bad and you had to throw scba on I mean, you're still covered for exterior water application. Uh, Like, if shit hit the fan, I'm not saying go and do exterior water application on a structure fire in In, this gear. In wildlife gear, yeah. Yeah. However, I mean, you do. It it could very well happen. Um, And then an engine that is properly equipped can come and do an interior push. And and if you have to throw your turn of gear on, like Ash was saying, it it goes over the pants nice. Um, It's just like wearing regular pants. It's like station wear. Yeah. And. If you wanted to, you don't need to have the shirt because it's a great because it's two piece, so you don't need to have the shirt on. Yeah. The shirt could be in the engine, and you sort of turn it around over your regular t-shirt. Yeah, and go from there. That's so right. um, it's got a lot of options, and I, I think it's a better move. And actually, whatever kind of one of our oldest guys in here right now, not oldest by age, but oldest by being here the longest. Yeah. Um, it, he he often says, "Yeah," he goes, "I'm a hard sell on things," and. I said, but I sold you on the wildland gear. He's like, oh, man, that is the best gear. We should have had that for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You always kind of look at him and be like, I wonder what his take is going to be on yeah. this. He's like, this some, is great. <laughs> some, some new coming in. Oh, yeah. he is loving it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think pretty much everybody's bought, bought into it now. Uh, there's one or two old one or two boys that, <laughs> that are still holdouts. But uh, like we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just once, once they run it. Our problem is, is like we like to do everything fast. Right. So yeah. we like to, you know, roll, roll trucks fast, go out there and, you know, the faster you can be on scene, like I get the value of speed, mm-hmm. um, taking those extra couple seconds to like change out of pants mm-hmm. and put these things on. Uh, if you're going for the long, for the long haul, um, if it's going to be like a, a larger event, uh, there's zero yeah. replacement for it. 
Yeah. So, yeah. See ya. <laughs> Perfect. Well, let's wrap her up there. Anything else, Scott? Nope. Good night. Perfect. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, stay safe. Stay DTFF.